This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka, wabika thiqatu wa alayka tuklan, wa la hawla wa la quwwat illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim, Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri, wahal uqata min lisani yafqahu qawli. اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين إن شاء الله تعالى we're continuing our regular tafsir session where we go through a few ayat every evening or every night uh, on Wednesdays um, last week we started the ayat that were speaking about Safa and Marwa and that they are from the sha'air of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, religious symbols. And uh, we spoke how uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talked about how Safa and Marwa, although the people of Quraysh uh, used to use it as a means uh, to do idolatry, and this is where the apprehension came from the Ansar who didn't want to engage in that which was once either worship, so they refrained from Safa and Marwa, and Allah told him, do not do that. Why? Because inna Safa wal Marwa min sha'airillah. Indeed, the two hills of Safa and Marwa that we run in between are from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the symbols of our religion. And then whoever does hajj, فَمَنْ حَجَّ الْبَيْتَ وَيَعْتَمَرَ Whoever does hajj to the bait of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or does umrah, فَلَا جُنَاهَ عَلَيْهِ Then there is no sin on him, there is no blame on him. And يَطَوَّفَ بِهِمَا For him to do the tawaf in between. وَمَنْ تَطَوَّعَ خَيْرًا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ شَاكِرٌ عَلِيمٌ As for the one who does more good according in hope for more reward For indeed Allah will reward them for that and Allah knows everything And then we spoke about those that hide knowledge And that this is the, the following verse is speaking about the people of the book The Jews and the Christians in the Prophet's time that although they had clear information about who the Prophet was, in fact, they were waiting for a final messenger. They, when they realized that that final messenger is Muhammad, they started hiding that fact. And we spoke about the concept of hiding knowledge and how that is a great sin. And that those who know so are supposed to share with those who do not. And you'll find that in our deen a lot. To spread the knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ saying, Spread from me even if it's one verse. And there were hadith that are warning those who hide knowledge. And that they did not only hide knowledge, they did it for the sole purpose that people don't uh, follow the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet who is a mercy to mankind. So in essence, their actions were stopping people from accessing this rahmah. And because they stopped people from accessing the rahmah of the Prophet ﷺ by hiding who he was, Allah punished them by removing him from his mercy. Removing them from his mercy. Those that hide the knowledge after it has been revealed and clarified, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes them from his mercy by way of la'an. La'an means to be cursed. And we said, what is la'an? Is al-ib'adu wa tardu and rahmatillah. It is to be far away from the mercy of Allah. And those who curse will also curse them. And so meaning Allah will curse them and the people will curse them because of what they have done. It's such a heinous crime, hiding the risala, hiding the truth from their people to stop them from embracing the truth. Now, what you will find, Ikhwani Fillah, in this religion is that it never closes doors. Doors are always open. Doors are always, no matter how bad of a sin you're committing, 
And no matter how much evil you are doing, the doors of repentance are always open. So Allah, although He just said to us, those that were hiding the prophethood from their people, let them, and you have to, you have to really understand what's happening here. The, the uh, knowledgeable people among the, 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 the Jews in, 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 in Medina, they literally knew Prophet Muhammad was a prophet. And they knew that following him would be their, would be the salvation. But they also realized if they, if Allah mentions in verses that we passed, among the reasons they couldn't allow that to happen was they were jealous, they were envious. And also it meant that they would lose power. If all of a sudden they recognized this newcomer, Muhammad, as the authority, the prophet, all of a sudden they're not the leaders anymore. So they started making some calculations and thinking, you know what, it doesn't benefit us to tell the people to follow Prophet Muhammad right? And you see how, you, and, and many people followed them in that. This is why when Allah talks about when people go to the hellfire, they will be speaking to each other and they will be blaming each other and saying, the reason we are in here is because of you who, 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 who called us toward this or who stopped us, right? So there are always the leaders of misguidance and those who follow guidance. Just there are the leaders of guidance and those who follow it. Just like the prophets are calling the people towards good and inshallah ta'ala we are all following them, you have people calling people towards evil and those that follow them. So it's a, and, and the leaders are always worse. Especially if you're doing it knowingly so This is not an easy matter Purposely misleading the people Yet what does Allah say? The doors are not closed for you You will be They are Those will be cursed by Allah But then the next verse Allah says Except those who repent Subhanallah Except those who repent So if they repent They will not be cursed If they repent they will not be condemned. So the door of repentance was even open for them. tabu, Except for those who repent. وَأَصْلَحُوا And they rectify. وَبَيَّنُوا And they declare the truth. If they do this, فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَتُوبُ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah said, indeed, for those, I will certainly accept the repentance. وَأَنَا التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ And I am the ever-accepting of their repentance, and I am the merciful. So here Allah is teaching us, this is a very powerful ayah. Although we just described something very bad that these people were doing, Allah is saying, ask for those who repent. Part of why we read the Quran, why we learn about the Quran, is to appreciate who Allah is and learn who Allah is. The Quran is, is a third of it is teaching you about your Creator. Here you're learning something very crucial about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're learning that Allah... Although uh, in the previous ayah Allah said Those that purposely hide the truth from the people After it's been made clear They are cursed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Right? And this teaches you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just As you have become a blockade of, For the people to accept the mercy and the revelation You deserve to be removed from Allah's mercy Yet even when you deserve to be removed from Allah's mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring you back If you repent and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is accepting the repentance of those type of people, Allah will accept the repentance of you when you have shortcomings in your prayer, when you are sinful, when you do haram. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest and no sin is greater than His mercy. This is why Allah says in the Quran, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ And my mercy has encompasses everything. There is nothing greater than the mercy of Allah. 
And when Allah introduces Himself in the Quran and you open it, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Allah constantly reminds us that He is the most merciful. Allah constantly reminds us that He's the acceptance of our repentance. And it is important that the believer understands that. And that you're able to go back to Allah. And that you're able to ask Allah to forgive you. And not only, not only does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you for your sins, Allah says in the Quran, Wallahu yuridu an alaykum. Allah wants to accept your repentance. Wallahu yuridu an alaykum. And in other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Watubu ayyahal mu'minun, la'allakum tuflihun. Repent, O believers. So that you may be successful Now One thing is for sure You And me And the people that are watching And the people outside in that world And everybody Is going to sin You're going to sin And you're going to oppress And you're going to be unjust And you're going to have shortcomings This is a fact Because you have been not made to be perfect And no one expects you to be perfect This is why there's a hadith Where the Prophet ﷺ said If you were all never to sin if you were all never to sin, then Allah would have replaced you with a people that would sin. And then after they sin, they ask Allah to forgive them and Allah forgives them. The goal is not for you to be perfect. You can't. You're not an angel. You're not, you've not been made. Think about this. Who's the original human being? Number one, who was that? Prophet Adam alayhi salam. Read the story. What is the main theme in the story? One of sinning and falling into error and repenting. That's our story We are sinful by nature Now we need to turn our nature into being people that repent by nature as well Right? And this is what you need to do Every son of Adam, every human being is a khattah Khattah means often makes mistakes Often sins and the best among those who error, who make sin, are those who repent. And we mentioned Allah wants us, to, wants us to repent. We mentioned Allah accepts our repentance. We mentioned even Allah here, after talking about these evil people that were stopping the da'wah of the Prophet and hiding it, Allah said, even for you the doors are still open. And not to mention, one thing that one must mention if talking about tawbah, is that Allah becomes happy when we repent. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes more happy And uh, this is something that perhaps I should mention There is a hadith where the Prophet tried try to describe How much Allah loves those who repent And how Allah becomes joyous when you repent from a sin right? Now this idea you have to really The Prophet tried to describe happiness He tried to describe happiness and joy and he gave the example, the most extreme example one can give of joy. What is, what is like if anyone was asked, what is the most joyous occasion in your life? Someone say the day I got married, the day my child was born, the day I was told that I am free, uh, my, 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 my uh, cancer has, is, is gone, right? Someone will, just, they will describe different things, right? right. And I, think about you, do you have such a memory? The most joyous occasion in your life? Or was your life like somewhat happy and somewhat normal? Most people don't experience the most extreme version of joy. So the Prophet gave us a description. He said, imagine a man. And he was in the desert. And he was with his camel. And this camel was carrying his water and his food. And he's by himself. And all of his provision is on this camel. 
And as he's walking and traveling, he rested. And while he was resting, he lost his camel and he ran away with all of his food and all of his water. And he looked and he looked and he looked. Until he realized he will not be able to reach his destination, most definitely. He will not be able to find his provision and his water. And he rested somewhere, knowing he will die. What kind of death? He will first get really thirsty. And before he even, and then he will get really hungry. And he will be alone and in pain. And probably die a very horrible and painful death. He falls asleep. Now you can imagine, I don't think any one of us here experienced such a moment. And then he wakes up. And as he wakes up, he sees his camel right there. And he jumps out of joy. Now can you imagine that type of joy? Can you imagine that type of joy? And he grabs it by the handle. And then he says, oh Allah, you are my slave and I am your Lord. He meant to say, oh Allah, you are my Lord and I am your slave. The Prophet said, Ahba'a min shiddatil farah. He erred because of how happy he was. This is a statement that we're not allowed to say. Can we call Allah our slave? That is a statement that is what? That is kufr. You can't say that. But for him, he's forgiven. He got so happy that he is being forgiven like, like someone that lost his mind. Now, imagine the Prophet is describing that type of happiness. And the Prophet says to us, Allah is more joyous. Allah is more joyous than that man when you repent from his sin. Allah Akbar. If you go home tonight and you sit down and you repent from some sin that you were doing, sincerely, that's how much joy you will give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how much Allah wants you to repent. Why? Because Allah is the most merciful and He wants you to benefit from that mercy. Because Allah is the one that accepts repentance And He wants to accept your repentance Because Allah wants Jannah for you Allah wants, that, wants to give you forgiveness And shower you with His mercy And you're stopping yourself by sinning So the moment you come back You get access to all of that rahmah And that's what Allah wants for you So here Allah is saying Yes, the Yahud, they sinned Yes, they, they hid But, accept they, so, and they will be cursed Except, tabu, Those who make tawbah وَأَصْلَحُوا And they, they rectify. وَبَيَّنُوا They make, clarify, and they declare the truth. أُولَٰئِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ Allah says, ask for those, أَتُوبُ عَلَيْهِمْ I will accept the repentance. وَأَنَا تَوَّابَ And I am the one who is always accepting the repentance. الرحيم, the merciful. Oh Allah, accept the repentance and make us among those that continuously go back to you. Amin Ya Rabb. A few points to make here. How does one, how, how does one make tawbah? In this ayah, Allah says those who repent. To repent from a sin, you must do the following. Number one, You have to stop the sin. Remove yourself from the sin. You can't be continuing it. Two, regret. You have to feel remorseful or else that tawbah is not accepted. You have to feel remorse of what you've done. The Prophet said in the hadith, Remorse is repentance. It is the key factor of it. Right? You have to feel bad. And then, the third one, ikhwani fillah, is وَلَعَزْمُ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعُودُ To make the decision that you will never do it again. Make the decision that you never do it again. You might. And that's okay. It's not okay, but what I mean is that doesn't disqualify your repentance. You just repeat the process again. But you have to make the decision. So let's say someone was doing haram 
they stopped the sin. They, when they stopped the sin, they felt remorseful. They decided they were never going to do it again. They asked Allah to forgive them. And then after two weeks, or three weeks, they, they happened to do it again. It doesn't disqualify their previous tawbah. They just have to repeat that process again. Scholars add a few conditions in certain contexts. One condition that is added is if you've harmed someone else, an individual, you've backbited, gossiped, spread rumors, insulted, hurt, stole from a person, so your sin is connected to another human being, then they add the fact that that human being has to forgive you before Allah forgives you. So you have to go out of your way to try and that person to forgive you. And there is only one exception scholar make, and that is if approaching that person makes things worse. If approaching that person makes things worse, uh, for example, you, you insulted someone in, 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 in his absence. If you know by going to me, Akhi, it was me who said that about you, I'm very sorry, please forgive me. If you know that's going to result in him fighting you or, or him insulting you and things are going to get really bad between you, then you don't do that. Rather, what do you do? You do the three other things, remorse, um, uh, decide to never do that again. Uh, you, you stop doing it, of course. And then instead of telling that person, rather what you do is you start mentioning that person in good. You start doing what's mentioned in the second bit of the ayah, وَأَصْلَحُ You start rectifying. By mentioning that person in good, in his absence, and making dua for that person. This is islah. إِلَى الَّذِينَ تَابُوا As for those who repented, وَأَصْلَحُ And they rectify. So your rectifying of that situation that you've made is by mentioning that person in good, and by what? By making dua for them. That is, if you, if you feel that telling that person and directly forgiving you might cause more, more problems. What would be the islah that would be required of the Yahud that hid the truth? How would they rectify it? You hid it before, so now what do you do? Now you declare it, now you accept it, and now you tell the people the truth. That would be their version if they repented of doing islah. وَبَيَّنُوا And they declare the truth. And this is another thing that the scholars mentioned. Sometimes your tawbah requires bayan. Sometimes your tawbah requires bayan. Bayan is to clarify, is to openly tell people you repented from that sin. If you were someone that openly did sin, and people knew about it, and, you, and, and people followed you in it, and you became almost a, a, a figurehead for that particular haram, and you stopped, then just like you've m- m- spent time in spreading that sin or doing that sin, and people, you have to now clarify to the people, everyone, I've stopped doing that. Remember, there are sometimes, for example, someone that is in the music industry might be committing a lot of sin and producing a lot of haram, right? And then they want to stop. For them, uh, or someone was doing something haram, whatever the case is, right? Promoting businesses that were haram, it could be anything. Once they stop, it is upon them to clarify it, whether they say, they write a statement, or they openly tell the people, this is known as bayan. This is not for personal sins. This is when you do a sin that affected a large amount of people, like the Yehud, who were hiding the truth and lying about it, and that affected what? A lot of people. Um, a common example that, that we mentioned in our past would be, there's a sheikh called uh, Abu al-Hassan, Ali ibn Ismail Abu al-Hassan al-Ash'ari. Ali ibn Ismail Abu al-Hassan al-Ash'ari. He is uh, the figurehead of the Ash'ari school. Um, uh, in Aqidah, it's more disgusted. They have their issues, and uh, but... He used to belong to a, a school called the Mu'tazila, who have very wrong beliefs. Very wrong beliefs. And at the age of 40, he leaves them. And what he would do is he would go on the mimbar. 
And he would say, I used to be a Mu'tazili and I left. And he used to clarify to the people on the member. And he used to say, just like I used to tell you that I was right, now I'm telling you that is wrong. And he spent his life trying to rectify his errors. May Allah reward him for that. So this is another example of what someone doing what? Wabayyan. So, tabu wa aslahu wabayyan. They repented, they rectified, they clarified. Right? فَأُولَٰئِكَ As for those people, أَتُوبُوا عَلَيْهِ مَا اللَّهِ سَعَرَكَتَ Repentance وَأَنَا التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ So, now you've been told about the opening for these people to come back and to repent. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَمَاتُهُمْ كُفَّارُ Now Allah is going to speak about as for those who disbelieve, reject the truth. They don't make tawbah. They don't accept the truth. They hide it. They stick with it. As for those who believe. وَمَاتُوا And they die. وَهُمْ this wow is wow al-hal. Wahum, while they are kuffar disbelievers. So, as for those who disbelieved, and they died upon the disbelief, they rejected the truth rather than accept it. They hid the truth rather than, than declare it. They harmed the Prophet rather than help him. They opposed the truth rather than be for it. These people were mad to, and they died. Wahum kuffar, while they are kuffar. فَأُولَٰئِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ Upon them are Allah, the curse of Allah, angels, and all the people. Here, um, this is referring to the again the line being up that has been repeated. So, Allah mentions that those that hid the truth rather than reveal it to the people and purposely misled the people will be cursed. And Allah told them that there is an opening for them to repent, and if they do so, Allah will accept repentance as long as they clarify the truth. Then Allah tells us, as for those who believe and die upon this, they don't repent, they don't re- accept, they don't um, uh, go back to better, they don't uh, do better things and, and become better. What is their fate? Allah says, Allah. The la'an of Allah will be upon them. In other words, they will be removed from Allah's mercy. They won't get to go to Jannah. They won't get to have Allah's mercy. None of that will happen. And, and upon them is the la'an, the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the angels, and, and the people as well. And the people that includes the people they misled. Because the people that were misled, they will be, they will be doing la'an upon each other. Right? And it is very important then that we clarify one point here. I think I briefly mentioned it last week. Abu Bakr, uh, Ibn al-Arabi, Ibn al-Arabi, the Maliki uh, scholar, he mentions uh, something quite interesting. He says, uh, Allah says here, Those who rejected the truth disbelieved and died like that. Those people are like alayhim la'anatullah, the la'an of Allah is upon them. He says, among the benefits of this ayah and what we learned from our scholars he says is you're not allowed to curse a particular non-believer you can't someone you can't curse that individual and by curse I don't mean insult I mean you can't insult as well because the Muslim is not one that insults but when we say curse here we don't mean because that's another term that he's right if someone says he cursed me Sometimes they mean they, is, they insulted you. That's not what we mean here. When we say curse here, we mean la'an. We mean may the curse of Allah be upon you. May the mercy of Allah be far away from you. This type of kalam, right? He said you can't do that to a specific person. A specific disbeliever. You can't do that. Why? Because as long as that person is breathing, he has an opportunity to repent, opportunity to become a believer. You don't know what his hal and his situation is, so you don't do that. And, and that's, he said that is a benefit that is within the ayah Because Allah stipulates and mentions And they died upon this 
they died upon this. وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ And here you learn that the angels also curse. And there are many hadiths that show that the angels, they curse. And they also make dua. The angels are constantly making istighfar. And they sometimes also curse those that do evil. وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ And the people as well. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا They will abide in there forever. لَا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمُ الْعَذَابِ Allah said that uh, they will remain in that forever. لا يخف عنه العذاب. The punishment will not be lightened. ولاهم ينظرون. Nor will they be reprieved. This is talking about the people's fate. May Allah protect us from them. And then Allah subhanahu wa taala, after talk, talking to us about those that hid the truth, after talking to us about the dangers of hiding the truth and hiding knowledge, after talking to us about the importance of repentance and how Allah is the most merciful, and then telling us that if you do stick with this rejection. And this hiding of the truth And the misleading And the staying upon falsehood And then the la'an of Allah will be upon you Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Brings it all back together And ties it back together To one of the first If not the first commandment We came across in Surah Al-Baqarah Surah Al-Baqarah When you open it And even the whole Quran really When you start from the Fatiha And as you go along The first verse that actually asks you to do something The first command you'll find in the Quran When you open the Quran and you start reading Literally the first command you'll find in the Quran Is verse 21 Verse 21 Before that Allah is telling us a lot Allah is giving us a lot of information And telling us about belief And what belief means And the belief in the hereafter And believing in the unseen And in different type of people The non-believers The hypocrites The believers And Allah gives us many different examples um, but then finally, the first commandment, if you will, in the Quran is Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 21, which says, O mankind, u'budu rabbakum, worship your Lord, alladhi khalaqakum, who has created you, walladhina min qablikum, and those before you, la'allakum tattaqun, so that you may be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what's the first commandment in the Quran? A call towards what? Towards worship. Worshipping who? Allah alone. This is known as Tawheed. Singling out Allah in that which He deserves, Namely, worship. Only worship Allah. This is the foundation of the whole Quran. This is the foundation of all of the calls of all of the messengers. Which is why, as you read the Quran, Allah sent messengers to different people. Prophet Nuh was sent to his people, and the first thing he says, Ya qawm, ghayru. Oh, my people, worship Allah alone, you have no other God besides Allah. Prophet Musa is sent and he, meant, he talks about uh, uh, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. In fact, when Allah speaks to Musa, when Allah speaks to Musa for the first time, you can read it in Surah Al-Taha, in the beginning of Surah Al-Taha, it is Musa's first experience, Allah speaking to him. Ya Musa, O Musa, innani ana Allahu la ilaha illa ana. Indeed, I am Allah. Verily, I am Allah. La ilaha illa ana. There is no one worthy of worship except me. Fa'abudni. Worship me. Wa'aqimi salah. And establish the prayer. Lidhikri. So that you may mention and remember me. This is the first thing Musa is told. This is the first commandment in our Quran. In fact, even if you open the Old Testament or the Bible, have you guys heard of the Ten Commandments? Ten Commandments. Does anyone have a smartphone? Someone write, look up the ten, the ten Commandments and tell me what the first one is. Thou shalt not kill is not the first one. 
L, sorry. Hear ye, O Israel, thy Lord, thy God is one. Right? So it is about the oneness of Allah and only Allah. One in His attributes, one in the right to be worshipped. So even the first commandment you'll find in the Bible is this concept. The first commandment you'll find in the Quran is Tawheed. The first thing Allah told to Musa is Tawheed. Singing God Allah and worship that Allah is one. The, 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 all of the Surah Al-Shu'ara, if you read it, all the prophets, when they would come and they would speak to the prophet, you'll see um, uh, uh, when, uh, when, uh, when the prophets would, would speak to their, their people in Surah Al-Araf as well, every time they would start with, Allah, worship Allah, worship Allah. This is the call. So this is the foundation. And after Allah telling us a lot about, and everything else is built upon that. Obedience, following the, the other commandments, prayer, everything else is built upon that fact. Because if you're not doing it for Allah alone, then none of it will be accepted. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after telling us about the Hajj, and telling us about Safa and Marwa, and telling us about the Kaaba and all of this, it comes back to, وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ وَإِلَاهُكُمْ and your God, the one you worship, your ma'bud, your deed, the one worthy of your worship, ilahun wahid, is one God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha, there is none worthy of worship. Illa huwa, accept him. And then Allah says, who is he? Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. Ar-Rahim, the giver of mercy. The scholars they say Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim And we mentioned Perhaps we mentioned this in, in other classes before What is the difference Between these two words Ar-Rahman And Ar-Rahim And there are several, several opinions One is That Ar-Rahman Is the الذي وسعت رحمته كل شيء The one whose mercy Is for all uh, Believers Non-believers Humans Animals Everyone uh, enjoys the mercy of Allah He is Ar-Rahman The merciful to all Ar-Rahim The especially merciful to the believers So the, the Ar-Rahim bit is very specific Ar-Rahman is general Allah is merciful to all And then what's the adrill for this? وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا And to the believers he is Rahim Right? That's one thing Another one Is to say Ar-Rahman is who Allah is and Ar-Rahim is what Allah does. Allah is the most merciful. Bidati, in his essence, he is the most merciful. Regardless of, he was, he was the most merciful before he even created us. It is a sifatun lazim He was always the most merciful. Ar-Rahim, the giver of mercy, whose mercy manifests itself within his creation and within all of his creation. Does that make sense? In any case, again, this is something that should put joy in the person's heart. When you realize that the one, the one that created you is the one, the most merciful. Hamad ibn Sulaiman, one of the Salaf. Hamad ibn Sulaiman, he said, If I had to choose on the day of judgment to be judged, to, so the choice of me going to the hellfire or going to Jannah. If I had to choose between anyone judging me, anyone choosing your fate from humanity, who would you say We'd be sure this, this person is going to say to me, go to Jannah. Who would you want to judge you or to choose that for you? What comes to your mind? Your mother. Your mother, right? From humanity, your mother. 
right? And this is why the Prophet ﷺ said one time in a hadith, this was I believe after, after the Battle of Badr, or one of the, and it was the mother, she lost her child, and she's running around the crowd looking for her child, and she finally found it, she grabs the child and holds it tight. You can imagine a mom that lost her child, and she held it so close to her. And then the Prophet asked his Sahaba question, do you think this, would, this woman would throw her child in a fire? He says, no, why? Because of her mercy. He says, wallahi, Allah is more merciful to you. So Hamad al-Sulaiman said, if I had to choose between my mother and Allah, I would choose Allah. And this is a good mentality to be in, to understand who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Allah is the most merciful. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those he showers his mercy with. وَإِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ and the one you worship or worthy of ilah, your ilah is one. La ilaha illahu. There's none worthy of worship except him. Huwa rahman He is the Rahman. Ar-Rahim. He is the Lord of mercy and the giver of mercy. The word ilah. The word ilah is used here. And it's very important that we appreciate the difference between the word Rabb and ilah. Allah is our Rabb. Rabb, our Lord. He is also our ilah. The one we worship. Now, Quraysh, when the Prophet initially was in Mecca and he was calling to Islam... People didn't, uh, the, the, the fact Allah is our creator, uh, the, the controller of the affairs of this world, the one who gives life and death, this, this was, there was no dispute in this. Quraysh believed that Allah is the creator. The Yahud believed that Allah is the creator. Uh, the Quraysh believed that Allah is the one that gives life and death and showed that this was not al-mihwar. This was, not the, this was not the main point of the Prophet's da'wah. What they, this, they would say, because Allah mentioned the Quran, in saltahum, O Muhammad, when you ask them, Man who created them, they would say Allah. They say Allah created us. That was not an issue. And when you ask them, Man the heavens and the earth who created them, who controls our affairs, they would say Allah. So the issue wasn't there. The issue was when they were told, worship. That creator only And leave off these idols And leave off the worship of whatever angels Or prophets or anything like that And direct all of your devotion All your worship to the Almighty This is what they would disagree with This is what they had a problem with Which is why in Surah Al-Sad they say He said have you made all of our gods Just one Indeed, this is something that is very strange. So they didn't want to stop deifying, worshipping, glorifying their idols. And here Allah is teaching us, no, all glorification belongs to the Creator. Because the essence of glorification is gratitude. And you should only be grateful to the one who gave you. These rocks did not give you anything. These statues did not give you anything. Even these prophets and these angels that you're worshipping. So just Christianity deifying Jesus alayhi salam. Isa alayhi salam. Isa did not create us. He, did not, he does not sustain us. He, did, he is a prophet of Allah sent to teach us. Right? So your gratitude... Your gratitude and your glorification should be directed to the one who deserves it. Your Lord, Allah, who are Rahmanu, Rahim, He is the most merciful, Rahim, the giver of mercy. InshaAllah Ta'ala, we're going to conclude here today. Barakallah fikum. Hada wa akhru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.